Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. You know, Lab, so much NFL stuff is happening despite it being really just the beginning of the offseason. We just had the combine. And, and I was thinking, and I know you agree with this because you've talked to me about this before, it just illustrates how the NFL is king, not just within its own season, 365 maybe, combine to draft to free agency. It dominates first take. It dominates headlines all year round. It's really amazing. Yeah, and, you, you know, you're, you're looking at a couple of other major sports, hockey and basketball that are really down the stretch run yes. of their regular seasons. NCAA hoops is about the, to be March. I mean, things right. are heating up. Yeah, Championship Sunday is, is you know, March, what is it, 11th? Right. Or 12th or whatever Sunday is coming up. Um, yeah, and um, but people are talking about uh, what some quarterback from Florida <laughs> ran in the 40 who didn't even complete 55% of his passes last season uh, in the SEC. So, yeah, it's um, and then how how much have we heard? Not so much on television, but you know, I know you you're a youngster, so you're big on social media. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> everybody, the Steelers met with this one yes. or that one, or this one had this to say about Mike Tomlin or that to say about Mike Tomlin, and you know, oh my God, the Steelers don't even have like a draft pick in every round, but they're somehow getting every prospect. Draft. Yeah, right. I mean, and. I'll bet you, I'll bet you before it's over, you know, and, and this, this whole, and I think, um, you know, looking at these questions, one of them has to do with this and, you know, I'll repeat myself when we get to that, but, you know, just for the, what we're talking about right now, with all of the things and opportunities that teams have to do, get some face time with these guys, you know, college all-star games and the senior bowl and, um, the combine and pre-draft visits and pro days. And I mean, the Steelers will easily, easily have met with talk to over a hundred guys. And I mean, you're, what are you going to pick seven, six, you know? So, um, the fact that all of this is, you know, so, and, and they're so breathless. Oh my God. You know, this guy <laughs> said he really liked Mike Tomlin or, you know, this guy said he would really, 
you know, uh, he hopes the Steelers pick him in the first round. Well, duh. Wouldn't it be amazing if they said the opposite? <laughs> I hate Mike Tomlin, and I hope the Steelers don't touch me with a 10-foot pole. Now, that would be a headline. Yeah, really. Really. <laughs> but, you know, it's a job interview. I mean, and someone with your uh, well-rounded skills, I'm sure you uh-huh. can afford to go into a job interview and say, yeah, don't hire me. I don't like this place. Um, I've never been able to, you know, have that kind of uh, attitude. <laughs> you play hard to get. That's how I operate in all aspects of my life our first well, that's what you made you made me yeah you played hard to get in the, with this podcast and I, I was just now. persistent <laughs> yeah right our first question today comes from terry howden from lethbridge alberta canada it is of course a quarterback question and one that i'm very interested in your answer uh, on labs he asks with quarterbacks wanting to be running backs and subject to being tackled as opposed to pocket passers do you think the new crop of quarterbacks will have a shortened career because of increased wear and tear well, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't see how um, it, it can't work out that way. I mean, because uh, unless, you know, they, the, the rules for what, who is, you know, when a quarterback is a running back and what you're allowed to do to them, you know, when their roles change, uh, unless that, you know, goes in the other direction and, you know, it's, it turns into literally flag football uh, in that, in that particular instance or scenario within games, I don't see how, you know, quarterbacks who are running, uh, and then if they're treated like running backs by the defense, uh, I, I do think that it's going to, uh, shorten their careers, or if not that certainly make teams leery about the kind of money you got to throw at these guys, uh, for their second contracts. Now, what we're seeing, you know, example number one is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, these two sides can't come to an agreement on a second contract. And this player, you know, was the MVP in 2019. So, you know, it's not like this guy (laughs) is someone who couldn't complete 55% of his passes uh, in his most recent college season. So this guy has a track record. I mean... You can think about him whatever you want. His style can't win a Super Bowl. You can argue about that stuff forever, and that's fine. But the reality is he is, you know, is a recent most valuable player in the league. And, um, you know, what he wants is a guaranteed contract similar uh, in, in amount to the one that Deshaun Watson got from the Cleveland Browns. Now, um, I don't know that. You know, we can argue about whether that that those sums are ridiculous or not, but certainly, uh, all things being equal, Lamar Jackson would be in that neighborhood. But the Ravens uh, don't want to guarantee that kind of money to a guy who was who's missed ten regular season games in a playoff game over the last two seasons because of injury. So, um, you know, you're going to have teams that. Are gonna are, are gonna be a little hesitant. Uh, I don't know so much if it's gonna be hesitant to give out big money, but hesitant to do long-term guaranteed contracts for guys who a big part of their game uh, revolves around running the football and exposing themselves, you know, to NFL defenses that, at, at, as as we're speaking right now, are allowed to treat those guys as running backs, you know, in in certain situations, and so. Uh, you know, how's it going to end up? I don't know, because I don't think teams are going to 
go back to, well, we want pocket passers, guys who just stand in the pocket, uh, as opposed to the dual threat guys whose mobility is a weapon. I mean, you saw it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. You know, both of those guys, um, you know, in different kinds of ways, but their legs are very much a part of who they are as players and why they are successful. And so, you know, the genie's out of the bottle in terms of how NFL teams are looking for or what NFL teams are looking for and the kind of quarterbacks they want. Um, And so, you know, I I don't know where it goes, but I I would imagine that there's going to be more teams in the future reacting like the Ravens than the ones acting like the Browns. And the quarterback market's not doing the Ravens as a team any favors at all. All right, Derek Carr just got $100 million. Geno Smith just got $100 million. You don't think Lamar Jackson's looking at that and thanking them for getting that much money? Well, yeah, and, you know, but the, the thing with, as I said, I don't know, excuse me, I don't know that the Ravens are so much uh, opposed to the amount of money, the total. Right. They just don't want to guarantee it all that point. far down the road, too. Bruno Kontorczyk from New York, or from York, Pennsylvania, excuse me. I was watching highlights of a 2007 game against the Ravens, and James Harrison had a career night. He finished with 10 tackles, three and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and an interception. After a little research, I found an article saying Harrison was an undrafted free agent. I know John, I know Donnie Shell was also. Were there any other Steelers who were undrafted free agents who played a few seasons or more with the team? Um, okay, that, let's uh, Bruno, let's start with the game that you referenced, the 2007 game against the Ravens. Uh, James Harrison, um, you know, it was truly one of the most remarkable performances I've ever seen. And I was able mm. to be sitting there uh, in the press box that was then at what was then called Heinz Field. Um, but, you know, the Steelers history with undrafted rookie free agents is, is a long one. I mean, again, as I've said many times on this podcast, you know, were there any other you know, or the, those kinds of questions in Steelers history, did this ever happen? Well, again, um, you know, we're looking at 90 plus years <laughs> now of in the NFL. And so, and the Steelers were a team that back in the day, you know, the first NFL draft was in 1936. There were a lot of players drafted who had no interest in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, the Steelers first ever first round pick, Never played pro football. He got a job. I mean, <laughs> it, well, I mean, pro, you know, professional football was not that kind of business. It wasn't as lucrative I back mean, then, yeah. No, no, it was not. And and so a lot of uh, your acquisitions had to be guys you signed, you know, who weren't drafted. And so, yes, the Steelers have a long and, um, and stellar history, you know, with undrafted rookies. And we can go back to, let's say, 1951, which is not a – all the way back as as far back in the way back machine as 1936, but I mean it's uh, I'm sure before uh, any well it was before I was born, and so I know that you and Bruno were not born then either. <laughs> um, you know the Steelers signed an undrafted rookie defensive back named Jack Butler, who played college football at St. Bonaventure, that football factory. You know as an example. <laughs> um, you know Jack Butler, um, he started ten of the twelve games his rookie season. He ended up being a two-time first-team All-Pro. He played nine years. He had 62 takeaways, 
52 interceptions, and 10 fumble recoveries in 104 games. That's more than one every other game, a takeaway. I mean, for a defensive back. Think about that for a minute. You know, you lead the NFL in interceptions now with, what, seven? Yeah. Eight? You know, okay. So he's getting an interception every other, or a takeaway every other game <laughs> over the course of nine years. Okay, a knee injury ended his career. Uh, Butler's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, inducted in 2012. So I would say that he was a fairly successful example uh, of an undrafted rookie in Steelers history. (laughs) Then there's another guy, and and you guys may, you and Bruno probably have heard of him. Um, He couldn't even get on the field during his college career at North Carolina. He signed as an undrafted rookie with the Steelers in 2004, and then the following season in Super Bowl 40, he set uh, a, a, a record for the longest touchdown run from scrimmage, 75 yards, and the Steelers went over Seattle. Uh, that guy's name was Willie Parker. Fast Willie. Fast Willie. So, um, you know, Willie Parker, he, he was in the Pro Bowl twice. He posted three straight 1,000-yard seasons. He scored 13 rushing touchdowns in 2006. And as I mentioned, he still holds that Super Bowl record. So, you know, these are just a couple examples of the Steelers uh, hitting it big uh, in the undrafted rookie uh, market. And, you know, we can just turn our attention to the 2022 roster. Two of the guys who on that roster who joined the Steelers as as undrafted rookies, Jalen Warren, uh, a fan favorite, mm-hmm. I think, at this point, even though he just finished his rookie season, James Pierre, a guy who, um, you know, could be in in the mix for playing time at cornerback moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 not unusual at all for the Steelers to do well uh, in uh, in terms of signing undrafted rookies. Scott Johnson from Davenport, Iowa, asks. Since the Steelers' offseason has begun, given the needs at cornerback, defensive line, and the possibility of wide receiver Jordan Addison, what position would you target in the first round of the draft? Okay, I talk about this all the time. Uh, I'll go over it again now because with the time of the year we're in. Um, you draft players, not positions. <laughs> that's the way the Steelers do it, and I think that you know that's the way that um, you know Bill Nunn and Dan Rooney and Chuck Knoll and all of those people who were responsible for a lot of the building blocks that turned the franchise into what it is now, that's what they believed in. I mean, you picked a quarterback last year because it was Kenny Pickett. The year before that, you picked the running back first because it was Najee Harris. And then, you know, going back in the Wayback Machine a little bit, I think it was 2011, you picked a defensive lineman because it was Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that in any of those circumstances that I just mentioned, the Steelers would have gone for those respective positions, quarterback last year, running back two years ago, uh, came, our defensive line in 2011, if it wasn't for the individuals who were the ones who manned those particular positions. So you draft the player, not the position. And if you do it the other way around, Maybe you get lucky, uh, but most often uh, you're going to be setting yourself up for failure. Simon Says from Aberdare, Wales asks, 
As the rumor mill is in full swing, Tremaine Edmonds is being touted as a possible acquisition this offseason. Whether he joins the Steelers or any other franchise, do you have any sense of how much of the salary cap he'd likely take up? More or less than the $8 million for Miles Jack? Uh, okay, first of all, let me just correct you a little bit there, Simon. Um, in 2022, Miles Jack counted $4.75 million on the Steelers' salary cap. Uh, 2023 coming up, he's due to count 11.25 million on the cap, so it's a little bit more than eight. So, but anyway, um, now back over back to Tremaine Ed, Edwards since he was the excuse me Tremaine Edmonds since he is the uh, subject of your question. Uh, his last year uh, on this current contract was 2022. This was his rookie deal, and it was the fifth year option. Um, of his rookie deal, uh, the Bills picked him first in 2018. Okay, so anyway, getting back to my point, he earned $12.7 million uh, on that fifth-year option, which is more than Miles Jack is even going to count on the cap, the Steelers cap this year. So it's also, it's worth noting, that this will be Tremaine Edmonds' first season, or first offseason, hitting free agency um, and looking at it from his point of view, it might be the only time in his career when he's able to market himself as a completely unrestricted free agent. That's a good point. Who's healthy, who's healthy. Right. So um, he's a versatile inside linebacker. You know, I understand that, you know, Buffalo didn't, you know, make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, I understand all of that stuff, but I'm going to tell you, um, I don't believe that there's going to be a team that's going to be able to sign him for the cap space that's going to be commanded by Miles Jack in 2023. There's no way. This guy is going to, I believe, you know, he's going to hit it pretty big. I don't know that he's going to be the highest paid defensive free agent and um uh, signing this offseason, um, but he'll be uh, on the short list of people who are. No, I mean, it's not like the Bills don't want him. You know what I mean? He's just priced exactly. himself out. He's going to be expensive. Yes. And, you know, um, I, I don't I don't believe he's going to be franchise tagged. We're, we're pretty close. At the time of this taping, you know, the um, you're still eligible to put people on the franchise tag right. through 4 p.m. today. So, um, you know, I don't think he's getting tagged, so he'll be out there. And I really think that, uh, you know, his agent, his representatives are in his ear telling him this could be your only chance. Uh, you know, don't don't sell yourself short. Don't mess this up. Nick Moses from Simi Valley, California. Do you think the Steelers will look to free agency for wide receiver help this offseason? Feels like an experienced receiver might be an aid to our young quarterback. Um, I really think the Steelers are going to spend their available free agent dollars elsewhere, starting with trying to resign some of their own guys. Mm. Um, you know, specifically, you mentioned receiver. Um, I don't. You know, the Steelers aren't going to be looking for a top of the depth chart wide receiver in free agency because, first of all, the cost would be prohibitive. And the second thing is, uh, you got Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, and you know Calvin Austin. I won't label him top of the depth chart just yet, but certainly, 
when the team drafted him, he was kind of viewed as a prime candidate for the third receiver spot, slot receiver kind of thing. So I really don't believe the Steelers are looking for receiver uh, help, um, you know, the kind of thing that you would be looking for in free agency. Um, so, and again, as I mentioned, I do believe based on the amount of free agency dollars they're going to have at their, uh, you know, available, you know, Cam, Cam Sutton, yeah. you know, some guys like that I think are going to be more towards the head of the line than, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, um, DeMonte Casey. Um, these are guys I think who uh, will be more uh, apt to be sign are more apt to be guys who eat up uh, available uh, salary cap space for the Steelers during free agency than a wide receiver. Scott Daves from Bessemer City, North Carolina. How much will T.J. Watt's salary cost us in 2023 when it comes to the salary cap? How does it compare to other top players on other teams? Okay, uh, let me say this. Uh, I believe that this number is going to be reduced through those restructurings that happen. Ah, uh, yes. You know, where um, you know, the team and the player get together. Uh, they, they do some you know, hocus-pocus with the salary cap rules and the books where the player loses no money the team gets some cap relief okay but anyway as we sit here right now tj watt is due to count 29.37 million against the steelers cap um now just looking that up uh watt's cap hit which as i mentioned i'll repeat it 29.37 million is 16th on the list as we as we're sitting here right now uh, among players for in 2023 and as I said, there's going to be, you know, some hocus pocus done with a lot of these contracts. You know, some guys might just reduce them. Uh, some guys, you know, the, whatever. But here we are right now. Here's some of the guys whose numbers are up there uh, higher than T.J. Watts. Deshaun Watson, as I mentioned him, uh, he currently counts 54.99 million. Oh, that hurt me to hear. <laughs> Well, not too bad uh, because it's it. Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Dak Prescott, 49.1. Patrick Mahomes, 46.8. Josh Allen, 39.77. Okay, we're still at quarterbacks here. Yes. Ryan Tannehill, 36.6. Kirk Cousins, 36.3. Then, you know, you start getting into a couple offensive linemen. Jake Matthews, 35. Laramie Tunsil. 35. And then you got Matt Ryan and oh, Leonard no. Williams. Tyreek Hill, 31.5. Frank Clark, he's a guy who's been, he's rumored that they're going to cut That's him right. because of his number, 31.1. Joey Bosa, 31. Um, so there's a lot of guys. DeAndre Hopkins is, is over 30. Jared Goff is over 30. Um, so these are some of these are the guys who currently rank ahead of T.J. Watt's cap hit, um, and as you can see, uh, we're starting to get into the monopoly money now. I mean, <laughs> this is just uh, when when Ryan Tannehill's over thirty-five million. I mean, thirty. I guess as <laughs> as someone once told me, um, thirty-five million doesn't buy what it used to. <laughs> Clearly, not for the Tennessee Titans. They would definitely agree with that. 
Well, and then supposedly, too, now we're also hearing that uh, the Titans may be looking to move Derrick Henry. Yeah, it looks like a fire sale in Tennessee. They're moving everybody out. Everything must go from Mike Rabel's uh, roster. Keith Carter from Richmond, Virginia, has our last question. He wants you to know, Labs, he's not a talent evaluator, but Mark Robinson has really caught his eye with his aggression against the run versus the Ravens. What are some areas he could improve on during this offseason if he wants to get a shot at more playing time next season? Okay, I'm going to give you – we'll start with a Mike Tomlin quote. Um, he, what he said about what Mark, uh, Mark Robinson just, uh, you know, do some housekeeping with him. He's a he was a rookie in twenty twenty two, seventh round pick from Mississippi, um, and um, inside linebacker. So Mike Tomlin said this about him uh, before the game against the Raiders on December twenty fourth. Now that was a game when the Steelers were looking at an offense where uh, they had to deal with um, Josh Jacobs, right. who was the NFL's leading receiver at the time, and um, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. I always get him and DeAndre Hopkins confused in my head. Well, they're not both as like the best receiver in the NFL, so I can see why. Right. But um, Devontae Adams was, I think he was third or fourth in the league receiving at the time, but re- with ridiculous numbers. Okay, so um, – the Steelers were facing a situation where they were going to have to deal with maybe well, a guy who was the leading rusher in the NFL and one of the most dynamic receivers in the league. So you can't like load up one or the right. other. Okay. But so Mark Robinson was a guy who was kind of starting to come on a little bit. Uh, and this is what Mike Tomlin said about him. He has a skill set that we can't coach. He embraces the physical component of play. He's a match, physical matchup and confrontation guy. But the intellect component of the game, the nuances of the game, the things that you have to know to play football at this level, he's still very much in development. He's a one-year linebacker at the college level, but within that year we did see some things that were really attractive. That's why we're doing business with him, and he's proven those things to be true. But we got into this relationship with the understanding that it was going to be a growth and development thing. There was a lack of exposure to the position. So just to explain a little bit, uh, Mark Robinson was a running back uh, in college until his final season at Mississippi, where um, you know he was kind of talked into playing some defense. So it's not as even... It's not even that he was a guy who has been a linebacker for a long time and just didn't get a lot of playing time in college. He wasn't even a linebacker in college, yeah. let alone getting any playing time. So he's very much a developing guy. But again, I'm, I'm with Keith on this. I think that he's very aggressive. Uh, he showed himself to be good against the run. When he hit running backs, the pile fell backwards. So those are all good things. Uh, in terms of having a resume for that position in the NFL. Um, what the question, what's he going to have to do to get more playing time? Um, he's going to have to spend this offseason, you know, studying the nuances of defense, particularly of inside linebacker play. Um, and he, uh, here's the other thing, you know, in addition to the studying, this is, and this is to me, 
equally important, maybe not, if not more so. He needs to make sure that he works on his conditioning and preparing his body for the rigors of the NFL at that linebacker position, okay? Because once training camp opens, he needs to be available to practice every day. Yes. If he's going to maximize the number of his on-field reps that he gets um, to facilitate his exposure to the position and his development. Because if he's healthy every day and practicing every day, he'll get a lot of practice reps. And he'll have an opportunity to be coached because coaches will be able to see what he's doing well and reinforce it or see the things that he needs to work on and stress those to him. And it, it, it just facilitates the process. But if he's standing on the sideline, you know, with an ice bag on a hamstring or something for weeks at a time, right. um, you know, mental reps don't get it for a guy who's never played the position. I mean, maybe you can be Najee Harris and take mental reps <laughs> at running back, but you can't be Mark Robinson and take mental reps uh, at inside linebackers. So um, he needs to be available and, and really – in terms of the on-field stuff, he needs he needs to be on the field as soon as OTAs start. Because even though that's yes. you know football and shorts, no pads, there's still reps. He's still going to be seeing things from the inside linebacker position um, that he's going to be able to you know put in the uh, experience bank and again get coached either you know reinforce the good things he does or you know talk to be uh, into correcting some of the things that he doesn't. So. Um, Mark Robinson's availability this offseason is going to be critical, I believe, to his development, and his development is going to be critical to how much playing time he gets in 2023. Well, that's all we got for you today on Asked and Answered. Thanks so much, as always, for giving us a listen. We will be back again next week with a fresh batch of questions, so get your questions into labs now, and maybe you'll hear them on a future episode. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you next week on Asked and Answered. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.